0: church. Anybody here for the first time? It's their first time in life, church. Good to see you. So good to see you. Thank you so much for coming today. I think you've come quite a long way to be in church this morning. So good to see you. Thank you for being in the house. And uh, and one of the things we are excited about is is Jesus. The other thing we're excited about is each other. I'm also excited about, you know, your background and um, you know, how you came to be here, your journey, and one of the things we like to do in this church, and we're doing it in two weeks' time, is we're, we, we call our Sunday service All Nations Sunday, uh, and we love to be a church that is, do we call ourselves multicultural? I know we're kingdom culture, uh, but we embrace every culture and love every culture, we want to celebrate every culture, you know, from the place in maybe in which you where you were born, where you were raised, where your heritage is. And um, we just want to celebrate that, and, and as we do that, we recognize that we've got a quite a lot of nationalities that are that, that, that sort of sit on these blue chairs um, and you you may you may depend on what you, you may have I don't know what color your passport is, uh you know what stamps in it, but whatever, but wherever you have been raised, wherever your sort of family's background is, your heritage is, we, uh, we want to celebrate that, and so we're going to fill this place with flags of the nations that you that are represented here. We're going to have an have incredible time of all nations just celebrating Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus went into the temple, and he got a little bit upset because a lot of stuff was going on in the house that wasn't really meant to be in the house, that the house was never designed for. Yeah. And uh, you know the story of Jesus got a bit mad, um, and uh, we, you may worship a Jesus that is very gentle. <laughs> you may worship a Jesus that does anything go, uh, but we worship a God, we worship a Jesus that is the king of kings and lord of lords and has a plan for the people of God yeah. and has a plan for his house. And then when he drove out all that was the rubbish that was going on, all that ancillary stuff that was going on in the house that wasn't really meant to be there from the in- inception of it, he, and he drove me says, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all And you have made it a den of thieves, or the other way around. And, uh, you know, it's very important that we recognize, we believe, we recognize... The fact that um, that we're so multi-cultured, multi-race, multi-everything, we're all colors of the rainbow. Well, maybe you can't use the word rainbow so much today as we used to be able to use it. But thank God the rainbow is in the Bible and there's a promise that comes behind it. Amen. And it's powerful. Amen. Don't ever let it get used for something that it's not meant for. Hello. Come on. Yeah, come on, he put that rainbow in the sky, yeah. don't rob the colors of the rainbow for something else. Come on, come on. It's gone a bit quiet in this, <laughs> in this white church. <laughs> I thank Jesus for all the colors, all the colors we have in the house, the colors of skin, the accents, the the foods we eat. And um, it's wonderful, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful? And Amen. God is so good. God is so good. So we're looking forward to that next two weeks on Sunday. Holy Spirit is going to be here. Of course, the Holy Spirit is going to be here today. Is here. He's going to minister to people. Life's going to be touched. People are going to get saved. People are going to get set free. People are going to get healed. Because the Word is powerful, the Bible says. It's sharp and the two-edged sword. Amen? Yeah. Amen. I'm going to read the scripture. It's on the screen. Um, from Mark chapter 11. And, uh, you know, talks about Jesus and a conversation he's having with those who he's mentoring. How many of you believe mentoring is is, is is important? Many times we go through life and we don't like to be mentored because we don't like anybody to speak into our life who's going to speak something different to what we've already set our mind on. And so we become very closed to what we will receive. But Jesus had this group of, this group of disciples who he was training and he was teaching and he was mentoring because uh, one of the things he said to them, when I leave, you're going to do greater things than I have done or am doing. And so he needed a group of people who could, when he left, and who, who, who would receive willingly the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, So the church could be launched and fulfill its purpose. Suzanne's already mentioned this morning in Scripture where it says, The Son of Man was manifest that he might destroy the works of the enemy. You know that the church has a responsibility to make known the things of God to a lost world. And so he was preparing his disciples. To, to, to launch the church. The Bible says the manifest wisdom of God will be made known to the world by the church. Some of you are going to say Trump, weren't you? Come on. Do, do you know what it says in the Bible? The manifest wisdom of God... Will be made known to the world by the church. The church has an incredibly responsible role in the world. Amen. We were just saying before we in, in the team prep this morning, this morning, how the prophetic word is going, is 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 changing a little bit. Is coming from the church and speaking into the world. And so Jesus was preparing these disciples because he knew they had a role to play. And he says in Mark, Mark, Mark 11, and he's here and he's talking to them. He's... We haven't got time to just give you all the background of this for this morning. But, you know, you need to read your Bible and find that background. And oh, you, But I, I know you already know it. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. You know, we can get very... Well, you may have all sorts of ideas and opinions and thoughts about what it means to have faith in God. To be a person of faith. To be someone who is a faith Christian or a faith believer. Now, we often label ourselves with all sorts of things. Um to almost like put a handle on who we are, almost to explain to the world why we act like we do. And Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Then he makes this incredible statement, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things... He says, will be done. He will have whatever he says. And then he says in verse 24, Therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe you will receive them and you will have them. And sometimes we can get around these sort of scriptures and we can camp around them and we can take them a little bit out of context and beat ourselves up a little bit. And think, well, I don't have enough faith. How how many of you here would say you're people of faith? How many of you here have seen a literal mountain be moved from somewhere to somewhere else? A natural mountain. You know, Mount Everest, for instance. (laughs) You know, a big mountain. So, this is the statement Jesus makes to his disciples as he is teaching them about what they can expect from their relationship with God. He's mentoring them. And there are some things, you know, we, we, there are some things that we really need to grasp in our journey with God. Because if we don't, we can be like the world says we set ourselves up to fail. If we don't take it, get a good grasp and a good handle on the word of God as we journey through our walk with God. He has incredible things for you to do. You are incredibly special to Jesus. He loves you so much. He sent his son for you. God did send his son Jesus for you. You're incredibly special to him. He He has an incredible purpose for you. He has a great plan for your life. He's he's committed to you living a rich and a satisfying life. You know, we're in covenant with the God of heaven. He's committed to that. The Bible says in John chapter 10 and verse 10, the thief's purpose is to come steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, my purpose is to give you a full and a satisfying life, a rich and a satisfying life, or a life in abundance. He has an incredible purpose for your life, and God is committed to that. He's done everything possible, and we've got all things are possible. He's done everything possible, made every way for you to be who he's called you to be. He's made every way possible for you to be how he sees you. He sees you complete in him. He sees you raised up and seated with him in heavenly places. He sees you fulfilling your purpose on this earth. He's done everything possible for you to do that. He's committed to giving you and allowing you, enabling you to re- live this rich and a satisfying life. God is committed to answering your prayers. Hell, He's committed to answering your prayers. How many, how many of you, whenever you pray, you say, in the name of Jesus? I bring this prayer request to you. I bring this petition to you. He's committed to answering our prayers. But you see, our prayers are, are connected, I believe, to our kingdom lifestyle. And, he, and he's, he brings a little connection in here when he talks about, you know, Forgiveness. Don't expect your prayers to be answered if you're living un- in unforgiveness towards somebody else. I'm not going to dig in dig into, too deep into that this morning, but, you know, for lack of time. But, you know, he is, God is committed to answering our prayers, but our prayers are connected to our kingdom lifestyle. And so Jesus linking this statement to our prayer life. But sometimes you see, we can be guilty of beating ourselves up. Because sometimes we feel our prayers aren't being answered because it's like we don't have enough faith. He's not saying that. See, there are many reasons we don't see our desires in our prayers met. The, the main one is that we're not God. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not, he's God, and he knows better than us. Uh, sometimes we forget that, but He knows better than us. He's, you know, He He is God, and we're not. So Jesus says here in Mark eleven twenty two through twenty four. He says, so Jesus answered and said to them, "Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this man to be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you." Whatsoever, whoever, whatever things you ask in my name, believe you receive them and you will have them. One thing we do know, because Jesus knew, (laughs) knew it, and and he says that God answers prayers in line with his will. So if you're praying a cranky prayer, that is outside of His will, then don't expect to see it answered. There are some things which we pray for that we are just wasting our time praying because His will says something different. You know, why pray something which His word already says is one way and we want it another way? He doesn't answer prayers outside of His will. And I believe that's one of the reasons we we, we have a lot of prayers. We're praying for a lot of things because, you know, we know God loves us and we know God has a great plan for our life. And we we know He's a a, a gentle Jesus and He's meek and mild and He just wants us to be nice and comfortable and cozy and cuddle up and comfortable and have a nice life. But if it's outside of His will... (laughs) Does he, is he attentive? I don't know. Does he listen? I don't know. But it's outside of his will. We can't expect to see our prayers answered. Because he prays, he answers prayers according to his will. Because we know that in Mark chapter 14, in verse 35 through 36, he says, he went a little further or Father, however you say that, and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. And we can pray that, can't we? All things are possible to God. With God, all things are possible. We know that. All things are possible to those who believe, the Bible says. You know, all things are possible. If if all things are possible to you, Take this cup away from me. Jesus died a horrible death for you and I. But as part of his plan for humanity, it was the only way that we could come back to our relationship with God. If God sent his son, the only the, the sacrifice. He says, all things are possible to you. He's reminding God of who he is, and he's reminding God that all things are possible. <laughs> Almost like he's trying to trick him into... Come on, God, you, 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 all things are possible with you. If it's possible, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. And it wasn't God's will... For Jesus not to go to the cross. It was his will and his plan from the foundation of time for Jesus to go as the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, to the slaughter to hang on a cross. So he wasn't going to take that from him. His will was so. Jesus is recon- recognizing that God doesn't answer prayers outside of his will. This is Jesus praying to his Father. <laughs> Take this cup from me. All things are possible to you. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. See, if, if God didn't go outside of his will for Jesus, he's not going to go outside of his will for you. Amen? If he wouldn't do it for his son Jesus, he's not going to do it for me. He's not going to do it for you. So he only answers prayers Within, in, in line with his will. And that is why, you know, it's always important that we pray according to his will. You may have heard me say when I was a young boy going to church and sitting in a prayer meeting. And, and, and the person who had finished the prayer meeting after loads of people had prayed, we'd go all around the world and back. You know, people would tell stories in their prayers. People would preach in their prayers. People would correct their neighbor in their prayers. They'd get offended with somebody in their prayers. You know, it was the opportunity for somebody to have a say. Basically, (laughs) come on. I can't imagine that ever going on now, but maybe it does summer. I don't know. No, I can't get offensive. But someone will finish that prayer meeting and say, Lord, they'd say something like, Answer these prayers according to your will. (laughs) I don't know that much is going to be answered. We could have just sat around a coffee table. Come not you hear what I'm saying? I'm, just, I'm just, kidding, just joking around a little bit, but you know, you hear what I'm saying? You know, we have to take seriously how we pray prayers. And, and when we, we, you know, we can pray prayers in ignorance if we don't know his words. One of the people in that prayer meeting was so newly saved, he would swear as he prayed. Love God, but he hadn't, renewed his, he hadn't renewed some parts of his language. So if God doesn't do it outside of his will for Jesus, he's not going to do it outside of his will for me. So I have to get a greater understanding of God's will for my life. You know, how, how many of you have said already said? You know, how many of you actually seen actually literal literal mountains relocated? No, we haven't. We don't need to see literal mountains relocated. But Jesus said, "Have a God kind of faith." You may you may have been facing something this week that. You've turned into a mountain. You may have been facing things over your life that you've turned into mountains and you've seen God through his grace and through his mercy. You know, the Bible says, the mountain shall melt at the Jesus. Haven't you seen mountains melt in his presence? You've seen things that have been that have, brought, that have come up in your life, things that have come up in your circumstances that have changed, and things that have happened in your life where well, you've it's been like they've been great monumental mountains. They haven't been physical mountains, but they've been mountains. Many times they've been created for us. Other times we've created them ourselves. But through our understanding and through our knowledge of the Word, through our through our coming into His presence, we've seen them just melt, just come, just just come to nothing. Things that were monumental. Things that could have taken you out. Things that could have taken you on a journey of destruction. Things that could have taken you down a path that would have caused you to make one decision and another decision. Haven't you ever got on a place where you made a bad decision and in order to get out of that bad decision, you made another bad decision? Yeah. Hello? Hello? <laughs> you know, we've all done it, haven't we? We make a wrong decision. and then we, How are we going to get out of this mess so we make another wrong decision? Instead of going back to the, back to the, the basics... And the foundation, we end up with this great mountain. <laughs> but mountains shall melt at the presence of the Lord. That's why the presence of God is so important. And there's so much we can learn, so much we can appreciate, so much we can find in the presence of God. And God is, God is Jesus is saying to his disciples, he said, have a God kind of faith. I want you to be living. With a God kind of faith. You know, you have this sort of faith that if we were to say to a mountain that can be moved, you know, he is saying God's ability is limitless. Right. There's nothing in your life which is outside of God's control if we just surrender to him. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing that is outside of his control. Nothing that we can't, you know, through what has been given to us through Jesus Christ, who we are, we have the ability, we have the God kind of faith. We should have the God kind of faith to see mountains melt in the presence of the Lord. To see things change, see circumstances change. His ability is limitless. See, I believe having a God kind of faith is operating in a life like God intended us to. God intended us to live a life with his kind of faith. We're able to say to things, move. We're able to say to things, get out of the way. We're able to say to things, I'm not having this in my life. We're able to say to things, this, is this which is in my life, this is which is restricting me, this is which is causing me to be someone who I'm not created to be, can go. And in the name of Jesus, we see mountains melt in the presence of God. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we have, we, we, we fill our lives with all these mountains, all this stuff, all this stuff which we have... So all built up and it almost like it's become immovable. But it's because we're, you know, we're, we're not living out who we're called to be. He's saying God's ability is limitless. So operating with a God kind of faith, having this faith, says, you know, have faith in God. Many times Jesus, you know, got a little bit ratty with his disciples because, you know, we're, we have some faith in the God of heaven. He said to them one day, "Cross to the other side." He may have told you in your life, in, in, in your journey through, with with him. He may have said some things to you, made some things, uh, uh, you know, apparent to you. This is what I want you to do. This is where you want. I want you to go, you know. And and we know on the inside of us is God speaking to us. We know it's the right thing to do. We know it's in His plan. It's in His will for our life. And yet, a little bit down the journey, we get a little bit. Tossed and turned, and we, and we question. A well, lot of disciples said, Go to the other side of the lake. And they had, got involved in a storm, and they cried out to him. He came, rescued them, of course, as he does. Thank you, Jesus, you rescue people. Haven't <laughs> I mean, you been rescued by Jesus in the middle of a storm? But, you know, and, and he looked at them and said, Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Well, he, he's just asking us to trust him. To put our trust in him. He says his power is, is, he is, he, he is, his ability is limitless. So, having a God kind of faith, operating in a life like God intended us to, li- you know, living from God's perspective, living how God sees us, living from his perspective of us and, and what he's put in us. He made everything so much available to us. You know, one of the reasons we struggle with mountains, and they may only be mountains to us is our lack of the knowledge of God. And sometimes we don't pursue knowledge of God. We pursue all sorts of knowledge. We pursue our own knowledge. We pursue our own understanding. We don't always pursue the knowledge of God. In Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, let's read it from the Amplified Bible. It says, where there is no vision or no revelation of God with His words, the people are unrestrained, but happy and blessed are those who keep the law. See, where there is no vision, where there is no word, where there is no revelation, when we don't have revelation, we're going to mess up when I walk with Jesus. Now, we, we can have a lot of information, but until it becomes revelation, it won't change us. It can give us an education. It can give us an understanding. It can give us a, you know, give us a, a degree in theology. But, in, but unless it is revelation, it was revelation that poor Peter got when Jesus had that conversation with him and asking who he was. So where there is no vision or no revelation of God and his word, church, is so important that we understand his word because he doesn't answer prayers outside of his will. And his will is in his word. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 says, my people are destroyed through lack of knowledge. Now, the the call of God on our life can be destroyed through lack of knowledge. The plans and the purposes of God that he has for us can be destroyed, can come to no effect through lack of knowledge. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and in your getting, get understanding. So knowledge of God's will is so important for us to be a people. If we want to see these mountains melt like wax in the presence of our God, you know, we get revelation, we get understanding by spending time in His presence. That's why we covet the presence of God. We're desperate. We want to see. And, you know, we see it in our personal lives. We see it in our home lives. We see it as we gather just with a few people. But particularly when we come together on a Sunday, when the body of Christ comes together, we are desperate for him to manifest his presence. We know he's here. We want to see him manifest. Because mountains melt. Mounts. Knowledge comes, wisdom comes. We operate in a different, I believe, perspective when we get an understanding of God's word and have an understanding and a revelation of what he is saying to us and how he wants us to live our life. See, I believe if we don't pursue knowledge, I'm talking about godly knowledge, you know, knowledge is important, wisdom is important, understanding, education is vital, But if it's vital in our daily life, how much more vital is the wisdom of God for a believer? Yes. Yeah. How much more important is it? See, if we don't pursue knowledge, we play into the devil's hand. Because he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. The people perish through lack of knowledge. He wants you to perish. He doesn't want you to fulfill your purpose. He doesn't want you to be who God called you to be. He doesn't want you to live a successful life as a believer. He doesn't want you to see mountains melt. He wants those mountains to swallow you up and envelop you. But in his presence, they'll melt. In his presence, we overcome them. In his presence, we become the victor not the victim. Come on, it's so easy for us to, because of lack of knowledge that we receive in His presence, lack of wisdom and lack of understanding which we will receive in His presence, you know, we so easily become the victim of the mountainous problems and the mountainous stuff that takes place in our life. That You know, by not pursuing godly wisdom and godly knowledge, we play right into the devil's hands. It's important that we live out of a place of, The wisdom of God. James 1 and verse 5 says, If you lack wisdom, ask, and he will give it to you generously. He will give it to you liberally. He he will will dump wisdom on you like you would never experienced. He's talking about godly wisdom. See, because from a place of godly wisdom, we'll see the manifest presence of God. We'll see mountains fall. So much of the body of Christ, I believe, misses out because we don't live from a place of godly wisdom. You know, I say it jokingly, you know, you, know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist, rocket scientist to become a Christian. Anybody can come. Isn't that incredible? Anybody. He receives anybody. He died for everybody. That means everybody can come into his presence. Everybody can receive godly wisdom. Sometimes we'd, we'd, we'd almost downgrade somebody's understanding of God because they're less intelligent. Come on, get over it. Have faith in God. Have a God kind of faith. Don't say have a, have a worldly type of wisdom. To see mountains move, I've seen people who've, who, 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 who despise the things of the kingdom because they're so intelligent, because they can't work it out in their natural mind. But have a simple God kind of faith. Have a simple God kind of understanding. Live out of out of of a perspective of the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever will may come. Anybody and everybody can receive Jesus. Anyone and everybody can live from a place of godly wisdom. Because it says in James, ask and you'll receive it." it. Doesn't say if you have if you've got a good education you ask. No, ask. Anybody ask and you shall receive it. Just put your simple faith in God and see what God can do for you. See how he can turn your life around. See how he can move those mountains. See how those mountains can melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. See, you can get worldly wisdom, worldly knowledge, which is important, but you can only get godly wisdom by spending time in his presence. By spending time in his presence, hearing his voice, being surrendered. In we never receive godly wisdom because we're not surrendered. We've already made our mind up. We already have our opinion. We already have our thought patterns. The Bible says, don't set your mind on things of this earth. Set your mind on things above. <laughs> set your mind on the place where you're seated. Set your mind on the things of the kingdom of God." Set your mind in that place. And, you know, don't set your mind on, take your walk with God to a certain level where you set your mind. Go way beyond your natural understanding and set your mind on the things of the kingdom of God. And so when you have, have, have wisdom, when you have his wisdom, you live with a God kind of faith. Mountains, max, max, mountain mountains melt <laughs> like wax. The presence of the Lord, Psalm 97. They melt like wax. The presence of the Lord. God can do something in His presence in a moment, according to His will, that you've been fighting for for years. Something in which you are a recipient of generations that have gone before you. And you're living in someone else's bad mistakes. But in his presence, it can melt in an instant. In his presence, you can instantly have victory. In his presence. If you apply his because in his presence we get wisdom in his presence we get understanding in his presence we get revelation in his presence we surrender and where and how do we get this kind of knowledge you know if i if i ask you to raise your hand you know you said i oh, i i've got godly wisdom You'd be afraid to hand put your hand up because you think you're boasting. Hell, no, you—we've got godly wisdom. We have the mind of Christ, and we have His word. Church, those two things together mean that we're a powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So when we pray, we pray according to His words. Sometimes we'll ask, you know, will you pray for this prayer according to your will? Well, we don't need to because it's already his will. And sometimes we'll, we'll pray something and we we'll are ask God to do something, but it's not his will, so we're never going to see it. We're just wasting our breath. But sometimes we don't do that. We waste our breath because we don't have knowledge. We don't have understanding. We don't have wisdom. And that's not that's not always our fault because we don't know. If we don't know any better, we do silly things, don't we? If, but when we know, when we know we don't have to make the wrong choices, when we know and when we have knowledge and when we have understanding, and when we have wisdom and a God kind of faith, we make the right choices. And God backs us up. God backs us up. And so it's important that we be a people who pursue knowledge, who pursue wisdom, godly wisdom, who do whatever we need to do to get to a place where we're recognizing that on our own we are nothing, but with God we can do all things. And so, church, I believe it's important that we are a people who pursue wisdom. The Bible says there, you know, get understanding if we don't have it, if we don't operate and we don't have wisdom, we play right into the devil's hands. Because without revelation, without knowledge, without wisdom, people perish. The enemy loves us perishing, he is desperate to see us perish. That's his purpose. It says in John chapter 10 and verse 10, the, uh, the enemy, his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you dead, basically. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to rob you of your vision. He wants to kill your vitality in life. He has a purpose. And so we play into his hands without wisdom. We make stupid choices without wisdom. James says, if you lack wisdom, ask. Ask. So where and how do we get this kind of knowledge? We get it from all sorts of places. let me just give you a couple of things, areas where you, it may help you this morning to, to, to get godly wisdom. We get it, of course, from His word. What does it say about His word? For the word of God is living. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marines as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word is powerful. The Word will guide you. The Word will instruct you. The Word will divide, will separate. The Word will get right into the nitty-gritty of your life. And if you have a question, should I make this choice, or should I make that choice, what does it say in the Word? Oh, my Lord, there's the things we do outside of His Word... The decisions we make outside of his word. And God, through his grace and through his mercy, is able to rescue us when we make stupid choices. But his word is so powerful. It is the word of God. It is living. It is powerful. It is sharper in the two edges, so piercing even in the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and of the marrow and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word, the knowledge—that's where we get the. That's where we get knowledge from. That's where we get godly wisdom from the Word of God. You know, there is there is so much in life. As believers, that we can make things much easier for ourselves if we would just go with the Word. But sometimes we get frustrated, so we try and. We try and manipulate things and go the way of the world because that is easier and that is something we can get almost get a handle on. It's something we can get a we can get a grip on, it's something which is more tangible. And everyone else is doing it. I'll tell you there's a lot of things we a lot of a lot of things we decisions we would have made differently if we'd gone through the Word. Yeah. And by not going through the Word, it's almost like we set ourselves up to fail. So the Word is so important to getting wisdom. Our church, the, our relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says He will guide you into all truth. You know, we have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit if we're going to live godly wisdom. You know, the Bible says, he will reveal things to you which you have, which he will reveal things to you, Jesus says, that I've spoken to you, that I've talked to you about. The Holy Spirit is so key. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit is so key to us living out of a place of godly wisdom. Knowing his voice, hearing his voice. How many of you know you can hear the voice of God? If, If you... If you struggle with hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, get some help. <laughs> get some help. Because sometimes it's not easy if we get saved. We are, we are a Christian, we love God, and yet sometimes we struggle with hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. He comes as the comforter, He comes gently. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants to speak to you. He wants to make things known to you. That's what Jesus said he would do. Bring to your remembrance the things I've spoken to you. To be a person who is living with God kind of faith. We need to be people who can hear from the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost will bring truth to us. The Holy Ghost will bring the wisdom of God to us. The Holy Ghost will bring the understanding of the Scriptures to us. He will reveal things to us. He will open. This. this word, this Bible we have, is Spirit speaking to us. It's God speaking to us by His Spirit. And it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so our relationship with the Holy Spirit is going to help us in receiving truth. When, when the when Peter had that revelation of Jesus, in, of, of who Jesus was in John chapter 16, verse 7, 16, 17, 18, Jesus said, And flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Hello? Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You received this from the Holy Spirit. You received this from heaven, heaven itself. You received this from God himself. We have to have that relationship. Develop it. Stir it. Be hungry for it. And you you, 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 you receive truth. You'll receive understanding like never before. And another way we receive truth and we receive knowledge and we receive wisdom from the Word of God is through the apostles, so through the teachers of the Word. Sometimes we, we reject teaching of the Word because it doesn't quite fit our thought pattern. Oh, they're just a preacher. We don't need to listen to that. Come on, yes, you do. Yes, you do the first few chapters, Acts, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. Amen. They devoted themselves to the doctrine. They devoted, devoted themselves to receiving teaching. They devoted themselves to the expanded word of God. And it brought truth to them. That's why the early disciples, when, or the apostles, as Jesus had left them, they were able to go and perform miracles. Actually, do what he said they would do. Be who he called them to be. Just another way, you know, we talked about this on Wednesday night. If you're in, in Coffee Barn Church on Wednesday night, we talked about fellowship. Fellowship, you know, fellowship over friendship. Because fellowship over friendship empowers, it strengthens getting around other believers. Not getting around other doubters, but getting around other believers who will build you up, who will strengthen you. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. Don't get around people who put damp, damp cloths on you, tone you down, tell you not to be so radical, tell you not to be so crazy, tell you it doesn't really mean that. Come on, When the Bible says something, believe what it says, don't let anybody tell you it doesn't mean that. Amazing, it's the people, the body of Christ, people in the body of Christ You don't get the simple mathematics of tithe. You know, I believe God just made a tithe a tenth just so it's easy for everybody. Amen. <laughs> <And then, laughs> you know, get around people who will strengthen you, get around people who will encourage you, get around people who will speak the word into you who will talk to you, when you, have some, when, you want to, when you go to somebody for some advice. Go to people who say to you, what does the Word say? What does the Word of God say? What's God's will for you in this? Well, I don't know God's will. Well, let's dig out God's will for you. Let's see what His Word says. It's amazing that people will come to us, maybe come to me, and they'll come to Suzanne, and they'll say, or come to somebody else and say, I, I, I'm struggling with what God's will is for my life. Or dig into His words. Get an understanding of who you are as a, as a believer. Get an understanding of who you are in Christ. See, when we live a life from a place of godly wisdom, our life changes. Our life changes. Our, our life becomes more like Christ. That's what Jesus was able to say to himself, was have a God kind of faith. Have the kind of faith that is based on the wisdom of God. Put your faith in who he is and what he says about you, what his word says about you. Put your faith in that. When we live from that place of godly wisdom, sometimes we make potentially life changing decisions with no godly wisdom. I can't can't believe. Well, I can believe because God is God and God is awesome. I can't believe that Suzanne and I have been married, how many years? 42? I was nearly said say 42,000. Right. <laughs> it just so feels like that. But I, I can't believe, <laughs> I, I sometimes can't believe how we have managed, come on, how we have managed to be married for 42 years, and we never got into that marriage, or I didn't with any godly wisdom. Never, never gave it a thought. I checked her out when she got out of the Volvo car when her dad dropped her off at church on that Sunday night. It was, yeah, it was a Sunday night. I was on the door greeting people with that big old clanky door, and I was checking you out. I was waiting for this car to come in. It was dark because it was night. It was winter time, and she got out of this Volvo. Well, that's good. That was a good start, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I checked her out, and she'd been checking me out. Not on Facebook, either. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So we we got together with no godly wisdom. Just a couple of crazy teenagers. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. Amen. We We put some pretty, you know, solid boundaries in there. Because I at least had a bit of word in me. Not a lot of, not a lot of Holy Ghost, but a bit of word. She had nothing. nothing. I even say, right? what, I, what I ever thought I was doing, looking at somebody who wasn't saved. Now oh. so How crazy the that? Bible says, do not get unequally yoked to a non-believer. She was a non-believer. I've been a Christian since I was 12 years old. What was I even doing looking at her? You no to look at me. I should have been looking at someone with a hair in a bun, a long frock. How, see, that is that is dumb. I was looking at checking somebody out who wasn't even saved. Let alone went, but she did come to church that she did come to church that night. But I like to say I saw a stranger out. I do need a spade. What I'm trying to say is, you know, God, God, for, for somebody here this morning to receive godly wisdom is listening to me saying, I got together with somebody who wasn't saved. And that wasn't godly wisdom. But by the grace of God, And don't say, well, because you did it's going to be okay okay with me. 42 years from now, hopefully we'll sort ourselves out. (laughs) 42 years from now, you may have gone through hell. Because you hooked up with somebody who wasn't even saved. I, I love seeing testimonies where God has worked and God has worked. And by the grace of God, people's lives are changed and transformed. And God brings all things together for good, for those who love and call according to his purpose. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Called a call but, but don't purposely set out set out against his will. Yeah. I will tell you this. By the time we got married, she was saved. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. She more saved than me? <laughs> and she was baptized, so that's good. Pastor Ely was happy to marry us. Why'd I get onto that? Maybe somebody needed to hear it. See, sometimes we make, make make potentially life-changing decisions without godly wisdom. But, you know, Susanna, we put ourselves we put ourselves under people who'd help us straighten out. We talked to people about what it meant to be married. <laughs> We had good examples to follow. We got wisdom. We got godly wisdom. There are people in our lives who were, who were godly people. They were fairly saved, not very. No, they were, they were saved. They were godly people. <laughs> they were godly people. Where do we get our wisdom from? From Him. God is desperate to download godly wisdom into every believer. He's desperate to download his godly wisdom in every believer because he knows with godly wisdom we'll act with God kind of faith. We'll act with God kind of faith. A mountain shall move and we get that godly wisdom by spending time in his presence. See, it's it's... it's It's wisdom to see yourself as God sees you. It's wisdom to see yourself as God sees you. I believe God wants to download wisdom in every every person in this place this morning. He wants to to download some fresh level of revelation in every person here this morning. Because if, 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 if if, if he doesn't... because. If he doesn't, it's because we're not receiving. His presence is here. He downloads wisdom in his presence. And mountains melt at the presence of the Lord. God wants to download wisdom in you this morning. His wisdom. The wisdom of God. Have faith in God. Have a God kind of faith. let stand on our feet as we close out this morning. If you're here this morning, you, you've heard something. Maybe from, not just what I've been saying, but from the beginning into the end of our time here. Right from the moment you stepped into this place through worship. Maybe that number 39, three in the nine was for you this morning. But you heard something, you say, I want to bring that into my life. I've I've heard something this morning which has just ignited something in me. Maybe you've heard something that is related to wisdom, related to knowledge, related to understanding of the word of God and how God sees you. Receive it this morning. Receive it. Maybe God's spoken to you this morning. He's brought a check in your spirits. Because you're embarking on something and expecting God to bless it, but it's not according to His will. But it's not according to His will. Why would we expect God to bless them? If it's not in His will. You say, well, the sun shines on the just and the unjust, rain rains on the just and the unjust. And you may say, it may be good, but maybe it's not God. God's brought a check in your spirit this morning. Maybe there's somebody here. I believe there's people here this morning. You've heard something has brought a check in your spirit. You say, I need to bring that back into the will of God. I need to make an adjustment. And by His grace, you're able to do that. So as we just worship for a few moments, I want to give you an opportunity if. if Particularly if, if, if you are one of those people who said, I'm I'm making an adjustment. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I don't want and I don't want you to be embarrassed. I don't want you to think badly of yourself or think other people think badly of you. But this morning you need to make a stand. As he's brought that check in your spirit. And you say, I want to bring this. Situation back into the will of God, because you mentioned something earlier. You see, I mentioned something earlier about setting up, setting ourselves up to fail. If that's you this morning, just as we worship for a few moments, just come and stand. We want to pray with you because the, the prayer of faith will, will, will bring about a change and the prayer of agreement will bring about a change and, and you'll be you'll be supported and you'll be strengthened and you'll be empowered by the Spirit of God to bring that back into alignment with His Word. Maybe you're here this morning you've never even accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you've never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Or maybe you're here this morning you're backsliding and you say, oh, I'm not living right with Him right now and I'm not living right and want to come back into that place if that's you this morning well every head is bowed every eye is closed can you do something for me just raise your hand where you are you need to put your life right with God anybody here this morning Nobody looking around. Or even you just need to make a fresh commitment. Let's pray this firstly, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father. I come to you in the name of Jesus. I come to you in the name of Jesus. And recognize. I recognize. And I need, right I need to put my life right with you. So come into my heart right now. Heart right now. I confess. Lord, I've been living my life outside of your will. So come into my life. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So let's just worship God for a moment. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you prayed it for a second, maybe you made a fresh commitment this morning. I want you just come as we, as we, as we finish, but just come and let, let's pray together. The presence of God is here. Mountains melt like wax. Things change in his presence. So if you're one of those who just wants to realign your your choices with godly wisdom, we want to help you and pray with you. So let's just worship God for a few moments. Just give the Holy Spirit a courtesy of to touch in people's lives in these few moments. I really believe it's important that when we make a choice, when we make a decision, we make a response. God sees that as a very powerful act. So just come right now. Maybe you've got sickness in your body too. Maybe there's somebody here who's sick in their body, needs physical healing. His presence is here that mountain of sickness can melt like wax in His presence. So don't be embarrassed. Don't be feel like all eyes are on you. Just come and receive what He has for you this morning in His precious name. So just come. Just, just stretch your hands towards heaven. Just stretch your hands towards heaven and worship Him just allow yourselves to be led in worship just for a few moments. receive from Him if you need to make, make a stand you need to make a a commitment where He wants to pray with you God wants to download wisdom in you this morning just drop wisdom right into you drop revelation into you which will bring change in your life I said earlier on some people are being set up for what God has for you next year, he's starting now he's starting now in this season you sense it in your spirit and some of you don't know quite what to do with it he's working on you he's softening your heart, he's preparing you don't resist it. just come. Jesus. Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit come.